Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Rightio. Well, without further ado, loveracing.nz is where you go to get all your ownership information, everything like that, news, reviews, previews. Uh, we're going to head now to Waikato Stud, who, uh, well, they would have pulled up nice and fresh this morning because they've got a massive day today, including lots of ownership and sponsorship responsibilities. But there was a bit of a do on and mutter mutter last night. And Mark Chittick, he, um, he's opened the, the, the phone book and he's called in the heavy hitters. And I feel like we've got him on the line now, but we might also have a, a special guest. Morning, Mark. Who you got? G'day, Louis. We've got uh, moods here. Yeah, and some of us have woken up fresh and uh, they questioned my non-drinking last night. But I said it's hard enough looking after all of them when I'm sober, let alone when I'm drunk as well. So uh, some of us are fresh and some of us are not. But moods are sitting beside me having another durry and he's ready to go. Mark, I, I heard a quote last night from somebody who will remain unnamed as we say good morning to you in moods that one Peter Moody may have said, well, next weekend, from next weekend on, spring gets serious, so I'm going to make the most of this weekend. Is that a true quote? Did you hear those words? Well, yeah, look, it's, it's good to have him over here. He, he, he likes popping over a couple of times a, a, a year and just hang, hanging out, and we chase him around in bloody circles, but he just likes having a bit of a time out and a bit of rest, I think. So it was great. it's great having him and, and Adam Hamilton here for the for the weekend, and uh, we, had a, we had a really good night last night, and... Um, yeah, really looking forward to a good day's racing today, Michael. Let's talk about your your two chances because you're part of We Will Rock as well as Skew With. Um, were you surprised by Skew With trialling like that? Because I must admit, I think she's probably a miler, but she trialled up like a proper 1,200-metre horse. Yeah, it's a good question there. Um, um, she, she did trial up very, very impressively. Um, you know, like going back a step or two. To be honest, she's a bit of a head case, and she's she's a bit of a she's a, she's a bit of a worry. Um, but you know, Team Team Siakow and uh, especially Opie, they've done an incredible job with him with her. And um, you know, like old Opie, um, you know, I really take my hat off to him because he doesn't usually sort of prefer to ride horses that might have a few behavioural issues, and he doesn't have to. But with her. He seems to have a love-hate relationship, and they get on all right. And uh, so he's he's nursed her through. And and look, at, you know, like you know, I think we're we're sort of this season, probably hopefully going to get the best out of her. Um, but going back to that distance thing, yeah, it is a bit of a question because um, because um, you know, going back to the thoroughbred breeder stakes at Runnock Counties, there, um, we really we did question whether she did get the sixteen hundred metres. So. Um, yeah, certainly early stage of the season. Trial well, twelve hundred metres today, and uh, those couple of things might start. You know, the, you know, going on from here might answer a question as to whether she is going to get out to the mile or not.
Mark, she raises an interesting question about your philosophy towards good mares because her dam star voyeur raced in the South Island. Now, she did actually race in the Telegraph, but she raced predominantly from John and Karen's barn in the South Island. And while you guys are a big operation who often look toward Moods and Danny O'Brien on the other side of the Tasman, you've never been scared to send horses to the South Island, particularly because it may well be easy to get black type down there. Tell us about that philosophy of you breed these horses worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, and yet sometimes they end up in a slightly, shall we say, less glamorous jurisdiction in the South Island. Um, you've done it quite a bit over the last 10 years. Is that a change of philosophy from maybe 20 years ago? Oh, sort of. No, not really, Mick. Like, at the end of the day, we, 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 we like spreading around and we like supporting those that support us. And, and um, you know, to be honest, yes, there are opportunities for black type down there, Um and you know, like if you look at let's say a three-year-old, a three-year-old season, um, yes, there's opportunities for black type, but also, um, you know, there's there's a couple of couple of uh, big crackers of, of Group One races down there in the Guineas races that if you are on the doorstep, you can step straight into them. Um, but certainly, you know, I suppose in a nutshell, we love racing our horses and we we, we love racing them with, uh, with with good people that um, you know we're all in it and all on the boat together. And, um, you know, you just take a couple of weeks ago, Gary's got uh, uh, Lippy down there with um, with old um, Andrew Carson. And, you know, that, that horse there won a, won, a, won a race on the synthetic and it was a $35,000 race. So that's all good stuff, you know. So the main thing is Mick is winning races. Yeah, uh, makes sense, Mark. Hey, and and uh, we'll, we'll chat to, if we can. We'll bring moods in in just a second because you talk about racing horses with good people, and we want to talk. I wish I win, um, but before then, it's a very busy time coming up for the staff, and you've got a huge operation. We've asked you how many horses you have before, and the number is eye watering across all the different paddocks and trying to manage them and, and have them in the right places of the farm at the right time of year. It's uh, it's like you're running a business, to be honest. Uh, well, you are, but like a, a corporation sort of thing. At the moment, folding down, about to start serving, how many staff would you have in operation and movement? And, and um, I mean, I'm sure that's partly why you're probably keeping a bit sober as well because it's it's a big job. Yeah, 100%. No, it certainly is. We've got 30-odd foals on the ground um, at the moment. And oh, I'm not quite sure, actually, Louis, but there's probably 40-odd uh, people, um, you know, uh, helping us get this job done right at the moment. And... What's changed a bit this year is we've got all the internationals back in, you know, let's say post-COVID, and they're getting back into that. These young ones are getting back into the habit of travelling, which it's bloody good to have them around, you know. Like, it's mm. it's good for, for our permanent guys to get a bit of a mix of new blood, and, and it's an OE for, for, for these youngsters. And, um, and they come with a bit of experience, and they step into the job because... There's no training involved, sort of thing, because they're um, they're, they're horse people and they're following their passion. So, it's a great time of the year. But yeah, you take the last sort of well, this 48 hours that we're in the middle of now. Um, we had a pretty big day yesterday. We had a lovely night last night with a, I don't know 120, 150 people there. We had five foals born last night. One of them needed a, needed a little bit of help, and we got a full brother to uh, Savoir Fair that races today and. Yeah, so big night in the folding paddock there last night, and then yeah, sort of hosting a call it a race day today with um at uh, at Terapa. So yeah, there's there's plenty to do, but we're all sort of it all sort of let's say settles down into one mode come the come the first of February next. Uh, sorry, first of September 
next um, next Friday. Um, you know, some sort of 700 mares to breed over that, that 121 days. So there's not a lot of socialising goes on through that, but I'm sort of aiming at trying to get a day away on the 14th of October. I bet you are. Mate, <laughs> can, I, can I have a quick chat to Moods about something which has been really playing on my mind since you guys collaborated to get I Wish I Win into the Everest? And hope you don't mind me getting you to pass the phone to somebody else. Um, if you are joining us now, Moods, <clears throat> interesting question for you. Y- you've won a Caulfield Cup. You're predominantly based in Melbourne. Obviously, you're a Queenslander. You've won at Royal Ascot, so you've done all the traditional stuff. Where does the Everest sit for you now, Moods? Because a lot of Victorians still want the Melbourne Cup and the Caulfield Cup and the Cox Plate to be the biggest races. But you've got a $20 million race about a month and a bit away. Where does the Everest sit for you now in the landscape? Well, you've got to be honest, it's probably the most talked about race um, in Australasia, to be quite honest. And, uh, you know, Victoria's been my home for over 20 years and, and you always have that bit of parochialism about you with Caulfield Cups and Melbourne Cups and Cox Plates and the like. But, you know, credit where credit's due. And racing New South Wales, Peter Landis and his team, like three races like the Everest and the Golden Eagle and, uh, you know, the championships, they've, they've done a hell of a job in attracting people. And I'm one that uh, a little bit of a traditionalist. I know we've always got to look at innovative ideas, but the, the Melbourne Cup, once it sort of becomes international, it, it loses its a little bit of a lure for probably Kiwis as much as Aussies. You know, the, the the days of an old sort of dairy farmer's horse from the South Island or or, or a you know horse from Western Australia, you know, being able to win the Melbourne Cup, it's very very hard with all this influx of internationals. Where the Everest seems to be, you know, predominantly an Aussie race set for Aussie horses. You know, we, we breed for speed. And that's what racing New South Wales are catered to. Uh, what's it mean to me? I don't really know, but I think along with Mark and Team Waikato, we're really looking forward to the overall experience. Uh, let, let's you know, not kid ourselves. We're hoping like blood, all bloody hell we can win it, but I think it's going to be a, a unique experience that we've never been through before. Moods, it is interesting that a New Zealand bred horse who started his career here is one of the favourites for the Everest. You buy on both sides of the Tasman and you've been very loyal to coming to Karaka and buying horses here. Are there almost, and he could be the crossover horse, two different sets of markets now? When you go to the sales in Australia, people are predominantly talking early speed and the big syndicates want those horses and people are thinking 1,000 up to 1,600 metres. And then when people come here, often they're thinking 16 to 24 for those classic type horses. Um, Are there two different markets in your head when you go shopping at either place? And is I Wish I Win a bit of a surprise that he's crossing over to be a world-class sprinter even though he's a horse, I know he didn't go for the sales, who, of course, is totally New Zealand bred. Yeah, he's a little bit unique in that way. But, you know, the way I approach it, the New Zealand product is a more natural product. It's not, you know, it's not a battery hen. It's not pushed and pushed along. So if I'm looking for a client that wants an early running horse, I wouldn't traditionally look at the New Zealand market. And people unusually uh, and wrongly suggests that speed involves precociousness. You know, like a horse like I Wish I Win, even though he won a two-year-old race, he was, you'd never look at him as being a, a, a slipper-type horse or a blue diamond horse. 
as soon as you get a horse that wins a sprint race, and a lot of our good sprinting stallions in Australia, uh, they've won their best races at three, four and five, and all of a sudden people expect them to turn out running two-year-olds. If they don't, they quickly put them on the shelf. So, uh, listen, the horses for courses, uh, the big thing for me with New Zealand is respect where it is due. Uh, I think probably 25% of the Group 1 races in Australia last year are won by New Zealand-bred horses and probably equates to about 5 or 10% of the racing population. So that's a hell of a figure in, in favour of New Zealand-bred horses. Uh, you're kidding yourself as an Australian if you don't want to involve yourself in the New Zealand product. And I've been very fortunate for probably the best part of three decades now to do that and, and form strong bonds and relationships uh, with the Chittics, the Chitties, the Taylors, the, the Hogans of this world. Um, you know, and it's been great for my business. And, and to have a horse like I Wish I Win, well, none of us expected him to probably do what he's doing. But, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's two or three decades of hard work bet between myself and my relationships that I've built in New Zealand uh, that I've been lucky enough to come away with the opportunity to train a horse like this. And and you know, Moods, that you've got the respect of the punters. You really are a popular figure here, and you can't say that about all the Aussies, um, as you'd know. But the, the two sides of the Tasman are intrinsically tied together, really, for different area reasons as far as the breeding and racing and what we've seen in history in these big classic races. Uh, I was just looking through the fields trying to find one, and um, Hennessy Ladd, I reckon he's he, he was from Trelawney out of their draft. Bellardo, and there's a bit of market support for him today. So I don't know if you've, with a good barrier draw and your old mate Luke Nolan up, if you've got a push for us. Yeah, well, yeah, well, there you go. My best hope is a New Zealand bred today. I think he should be winning race four at uh, Mooney Valley this afternoon. Uh, he, he's uh, I've only got the one runner at Mooney Valley, and we've got a couple across in Adelaide today. A horse called Insulation. I would expect him to win race four at Morfordville as well. So. They're my two best hopes, but he's a prime example. Uh, Hennessy Ladd of a good, tough bread and butter horse. Taking a little bit of time, but I think he's won three or four out of eight or nine. He's a stakes performed horse, and uh, hopefully he can fly the flag for Moody Coleman Racing and uh, NZ this afternoon. Yeah, it'd be so good and great to see you in partnership as well, mate. It's um, it's really, really cool. Hey, we'll, we'll just finish up with Mark because, Mark, I've been dying to ask you this since we spoke to Alan Sherrick about half an hour ago. If we run a little pop quiz here, can you can you tell us how old that, that mere ideal is? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that came up last night. He rang me He rang me, and uh, he said, I'm going to run that filly next week. I said, how old is she? Is she, is she five or six? Have you finally just caught her or something? You know, this is a wee while back, so I think she's six years old now and having a second start. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> I, I, he's no fool that bloody, he's no fool that bloody uh, Sherrick. You know, like if you'd had her in the first and, and we won that, he might have had a too, few too many whiskeys by the end of the day. But So that's probably why he's running her in the last. But um, she's a big chance, I reckon. Yeah, for sure. And wouldn't it be neat to see Darcy LaBella run a place? I mean, just uh, or run a run a good race. I mean, so much connection with you and Alan. And I guess this race, the Foxbridge Plate, the Waikato Stud Foxbridge Plate, as it is now, it's just it is intrinsically tied to your family as well. And um, I know it's a, a big effort to host a big race day like this with your good pal Butch Castles as well. So it's a, a massive day, and um, I guess you'll have the whole family on track and the whole crew. Yep, we're all just about to get through the tub now and get uh, ready and over there. But, yeah, thoroughly looking forward to it. And Butch and his team do, do an incredible job there. And it's a great race and it's a great field. And as you say, it would be nice if um, if uh, Alan ran, ran, ran a place behind Skew Whiffle, we will rock.
<laughs> Marky, the Everest is not a normal horse race. It's not even like the Cox Plate, which is a bloody big race in itself, where you go to the race and it, you know, it, it becomes a huge deal in the couple of days beforehand. There's commitments to having a horse in the Everest. There's commitments around getting content and being seen to be promoting the Everest and be promoting Labrokes and Entain, who are your partners, and, and through TAB Trackside, of course. Um, with that in mind, do you make a bigger song and dance about it? Do you throw the kids and the wife on the plane and all go to the Everest? Because I know last year you won the Golden Eagle, and of course you were busy breeding, so you stayed home. Is it a bigger affair, the Everest, this year, and therefore you're going to get across there and, and take a few with you? Yeah, 100% there, um, Michael. Like, at the end of the day, this is, a, like, this is an experience that... I've never felt anything like um, before, and um, yeah, like, like yeah. Usually going into a group one, you know, the build-ups, call it from Monday into Saturday, um, but you know, this build-up to this event um, probably obviously started I don't know two or three months ago, but yeah, it's pretty intense. But it's, but it's it's all good stuff, you know. We were sort of four hours filming on the farm yesterday for for Everest content and 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 you know things things like that it's it's non-stop but my god it's an, it's uh it's a hell of a it's a hell of experience and, um and an enjoyable experience to be involved in and as um moods alluded to you know just uh just having the opportunity to be involved in this in this build-up going into it it's um something that i've never experienced something i didn't think that i'd experience and um it's just quite incredible like I'm starting to feel the enormity of it now and certainly it's a hard time of the year to get away it's a busy time of the year but it's a chance of a lifetime so um yeah so we'll certainly be on track that day feels like a rugby world cup final to me and I reckon you're uh, shorter in the market than the all blacks are at the moment mark as it is this morning anyway so uh, appreciate your time of- great yeah I was going to allude to that but we certainly wouldn't want to ref like that bloody one we had today well, no, no, I don't know what you can do. There's although, not necessarily ref, ref. The, the ref didn't score four four tries, so no. I think that was one of the problems, not all of the we, problems, Mark. We don't, we don't want to go near an inquiry. We want to hear the siren sound, knowing how those Aussies can be. So um, we'll just get it done, shall we? Just, just hit the post first, would you? I wish I win. Just figure it out, boys. All right, That's thanks, right. moods. Thanks, Make thanks, it. Mark. Love right it. Right, boys. Love it, guys. Good to be on. Right, 